and welcome to episode two of the Unclassified Footy Podcast. Um, big show this week, big week of sports. Obviously, um, the two prelims happened over the weekend. Um, I'm here with Joel Brooks for the second time on the podcast. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Harry. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, also on the on the podcast, a first attender, our first ever special guest. It's Corey Brooks. Corey, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Harry. How are you? <laughs> not bad. Um, it must be an honour to be the first ever uh, special guest on the podcast. Um, it's one of the biggest shows in Australia, so there's a lot of there's a lot um, of pressure, but hopefully you can keep up with that. Um, today on the show, we'll be reviewing both prelim finals. Uh, obviously, the grand final coming up. Um, the Brownlow last night uh, was a, a different Brownlow this year, but it worked. Um, and then Corey, the special guest, will be reviewing the NBA finals. Um, bit of horse racing as well. Uh, the Caulfield Cup and the Everest. Um, and then motorsport, we've got Jack Miller and Daniel Ricciardo coming up as well with Joel reviewing that. Um, we'll, t- we'll touch on the French Open with Doc- Djokovic and Nadal facing off last week. Um, and then a little bit to discuss with the Sheffield Shield. We'll review the two games that have happened uh, last week and then back to footy we'll go on to the trade news this week um, we'll start it off strong um, Joel can you take us through the P- Richmond versus Port Adelaide prelim final yeah well it's a tight contest Harry the whole game there was a huge amount of pressure and the ball just kept getting knocked about because it was wet weather footy and yeah, it was a draw at halftime, which was a real surprise. And it was a close game and it was all to play for. Um, Port had a patch where they couldn't score, but Scotty Lysett was able to kickstart their scoring by kicking a nice goal halfway through the third. It was tight and a deliberate cost the power of the game with Lambert kicking a ripper snap from the line and kicking the last two. The Tigers made their way onto the third grand final in four years after betting Port by six points. Um, yeah, it was a big game for Port. Um, obviously, coming favourites, home ground advantage. A couple of their young guns stood up, especially Dersma. Yeah, Dersma. Um, big talking point um, after that prelim. He, he was up and about after he kicked that goal, went over to the big dog, Tom Lynch, gave him a bit of lip. Um, after the week he's had, obviously, being fined. Um, but that's good courage uh, to see from Xavier Dersma, the second-year player going up to a, a star of the game. Um, the other three young guns, so Rosie, Dersma and Butter, they were just jets during the game. Um, it wasn't enough to get it done. Um, another talking point was Tom Lynch after the game. So he was flash. So he... Um, was what did he, what did he get thrown at him? Beer, beer. So kind of beer, but um, a young Port Adelaide uh, supporter wasn't happy with that, and um, his his father said uh, that's not how you win it. Uh, Tom Lynch went over, um, they had a good chat, um, and yeah, I think that made the young Port Adelaide's day a bit better after Port uh, couldn't get into the grand final. 
Yeah. Um, but that was a great game. So obviously Richmond progressed to the grand final this yeah. this Saturday, the night, the first ever night grand final at the Gabba. It's going to be an absolute ripper. Um, Who's the man of match in your opinion? Yeah. Um, and then of course the other game. Uh, on Saturday night, it was a Geelong versus Brisbane grand uh, prelim final. Sorry, um, good, good, hard-fought game by both teams. Both teams starting off well, keeping pretty much even up to half time. Um, in the second half, Geelong had too much experience for the young Lions side, and they ended up winning by forty points, which was quite a large margin. And most of that was in the second half. Uh, the Brownlow medalists, which we'll get to later on, yeah. and the young Brisbane team could not get the job done. Um, but they did keep Danger somewhat contained. Yeah, that was really good by... Who played on him? Um, I'm not sure, because Harris Andrews wasn't on him. Uh, yeah. Maybe Daniel Rich. Oh, I don't know. But I don't think he played as much in the forward line as he did last week. I think he played a bit more midfield. Um, yeah, they did well to just... Yeah, just keep them contained. Yeah. And Gaz, the man of the match, the second last game for the veteran. Um, yeah, he got man of the match. He did a ripping goal from the runner uh, at the stoppage, got the ball, kicked it from about 60. It's a great goal um, from the shiny head. Uh, so he obviously started off at Geelong goal and then went to Gold Coast to help him out. And then back to Geelong to finish his um, career in a grand final against Richmond. Um, yeah. Corey, you're obviously a big Richmond supporter. Who are you tipping? Um, and who's the first goal for next for this week on Saturday? Um, I'm tipping Richmond, but I think Tom Hawkins will kick the first goal. Hawker, um, yeah, he's probably one of the favourites to uh, get the. First goal. Um, moving on, we'll talk about the Brownlow last night, Mark, and goal of the year. So, Neil obviously uh, got the chocolates. Um, never in doubt, really. Um, he got, I think, 31 votes, was it? Uh, yeah. Finish off, finishing person at that stage. Yeah, he finished off strongly uh, with three votes in the last round. Uh, so... And then second place, we had Trav Boak. Drawing third, third was Petrarca and Steele, uh, which finished off my, I got the top four. We, we both got the top four, actually. Um, but, but you got the top five with Dusty Martin coming in fifth, equaling with Danger. Um, it was an interesting night last night, obviously, with not everyone being able to be there. It wasn't at one venue. It was all around the country with players everywhere. Paddy Cripps was uh, with the West Coast and Fremantle teams. Yeah. I, I didn't like that at all, but um, we'll move on. Yeah, it was a good contrast because some players were hanging out with other players. Uh, I think Riley O'Brien and Braden Maynard were hanging out together up in Queensland. Yeah. Um... It was a nice thing to see. Yeah, um, uh, Clayton Oliver was, I think he got second uh, out of the Brownlow in his team and didn't come top five 
in the uh, Melbourne Best and Fairest, which is very interesting. Uh, he he's told us he's told the um, commentary and the press that he wasn't happy with that at all, and that'll hopefully that can get him over to Carlton and request a trade. Um, so we move on. Um, Oli Wines nor Daniels polled well. Oh, Oli Wines did all right. It. I think Boat just took most of his votes. Yeah. He he kind of undermined him. Yeah, Daniels didn't poll well at all. McRae and okay. probably the Bont taking his. He didn't even get. He didn't even poll vote. No, did he? Yeah, so, I thought it was well because um he won the Bulldogs best and fairest and didn't even poll both. Yeah, that is interesting. Ah, uh, some scrutiny around that. Uh, mark of the year, our boy Sammy Walsh, the second year, second year. I probably it probably wasn't mark of the year. Um, but well, it's good to see a blue bag and get it done. Uh, since Andrew Walker, I think was the last time. Uh, a Carlton player won Mark of the Year, and that was probably one of the greatest marks of all time, the Andrew Walker one. Um, there, of course, the other nominations, you said Bobby Hill, which is a great mark, and I think probably should have won it. Yeah. Kind of got, got done. Yeah. It's obviously uh, fan votes. Yeah, fan votes. Gets us on to the next topic. The goal of the year, Dacos wins it. Because the all the Pies supporter supporters just get on the votes, and they've got more supporters than Carlton, so that's what got it done. I'm guessing, Corey. What do you think? Who should have won Goal of the Year? Um, I actually think Dacos. Really? Yeah. This was just a very nice piece of play, and it's just an average goal from 40, 50 out. Yeah. Uh. And well, Noons actually came second in the votes. Yeah, that, that, that's surprising. Really interesting. Um, I would have thought that wouldn't that would not have been a nominee if it wasn't uh, to get to win the game. If there was another few games, another six rounds, that yeah. definitely would have been. Yeah. Well, um, disappointed. Trevor definitely he was robbed. He was definitely robbed. Wasn't yeah. even a special day, guys. Obviously, because he's because of his father. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. Um, and we've got the NBA finals to talk about. It's been a long week. We haven't. It's it seems like ages ago, but it's only a week ago. And Corey Brooks will take us through that. He's a passionate seventy sixes fan, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, I am. A bandwagon of Ben Simmons, who's this <laughs> talk of him bandwagon. being traded. But I doubt that'll happen. He's too valuable. If he gets a jump shot, he'll be the next LeBron. Um, but you, can you take us through the NBA final score? Uh, yes. So, um, game six wrapped up with the Lakers dominating win over the Heat, keeping the Heat's veteran gun to 12 points. That is... Oh, yeah. He... He said he wasn't. He'd never play for Miami in his career. He said that. Um, but after this year, he's obviously started to like the the club, and will probably be playing there for the next couple of years. Um, keep going, Corey. 
Um, well, AD and LeBron, one of the best duos in the league. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. <laughs> but Rondo. Razor. Off the bench. <laughs> it's 19 <laughs> points off the bench. He's not bad. He's won. Now he's, I think he's the first ever player to win a championship at Boston and Lakers. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good performance for me off the bench. Obviously, well, LeBron and Ada, you can't go past them. Yeah, he's exactly. Better than Jimmy Butler, and he, he started. Um, yeah, he, I think he was real sore. He played 47 minutes or something in game five, I think. In my I, opinion, yeah. In my opinion, I don't think Heat would have got that far if Jimmy Butler didn't play as many minutes. Yeah, no chance. Um, He's the carrier, but they do have some some things to look forward to. Uh, there was some talk of Giannis interested in Heat for next next year's uh, trade period, um, but they've got some good things to look forward to. Yeah, um, keep going on. Just with that on Giannis, Heat have a lot of good trade assets and young players. Tyler Hero, yeah, yeah. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, yeah. But there was so many emotional players after the game because the Lakers did it for the late Kobe Bryant. Yeah, it was um, a sad story during the year. Um, but the Lakers were able to get it done for him. AD obviously in tears after the game. Um, and LeBron had another outstanding finals. Can you talk us through that, Corey? Uh, yes, so he was averaging 29.8 points a game, 11.8 rebounds, and 8.5 assists. That is an unstoppable NBA final. Yeah, he's still going at 36, I think. 37 yeah. soon to come, but I reckon there's a big chance he'll be playing with his son, Bronny. Yes. <laughs> That'd be a great story to see both of them at the Lakers. Um, yeah, I reckon that that is a big chance of happening if LeBron keeps up what he's doing. Yeah, and if Bronny gets drafted to any team, I'm sure LeBron will request a trade to that team immediately. Yeah. Um, now, they gained another chip. Yes, they have. They have won their set. They've drawn with Boston. As 17 NBA championships. It's not bad. Um, I think it was a long drought for Lakers, uh, probably a, a shorter drought for other teams, but they hadn't won one in 10 years, which was a very long time for the Lakers dynasty, but um, probably pretty good uh, just to have a 10-year drought instead of uh, what some other teams have. Um, moving... On to the topic of horse racing. Joel, what have you got for us? Oh, yeah. So, our very own horse, Ranting, was in a different type of race this past Wednesday. It was a three-horse race. Um, going into the race, Ranting was Australia's best maiden horse, versing a horse called Hanseatic, and Australia's best sprinter named Anders. Ranting had a very good start, who is usually sluggish at the gates, but Ranting kept coming and let loose at the 150 metre mark 
and died bomb the other horses at the 50 metre mark and got over the top to win by 0.2 lengths. Second was Hanseatic and last was Australia's best sprinter, Anders. So you could now technically say Ranting is Australia's best sprinter. And he'll be heading off to the Coolmore um, on Derby Day. Is yeah, Derby Day. Not this week. No, not this Saturday, the next Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Hopefully, they can get the job done against some great horses such as What's That, um, etc. in yeah. that race and get its value up quite a lot. Uh, there was some other big races on, um, on the weekends, the Tab Everest and the Caulfield Cup. Can you take us through the Tab Everest, Joel? Yeah, so the Tab Everest was won by Grasique Legend, which is one. The Everest is the richest race in Australia. It's worth 15 million, with the winner getting 6.2 million. Jeez. The Everest is held at Royal Randwick in, uh, Royal Randwick in Sydney. Uh, jockey Kieran McAvoy has now won the race three times. Back to back with Reds out and now Kasik Legend. Wouldn't be bad money winning it four times if it was the richest race in Australia. Yeah. You get 5% of that? 5% of the money? I don't know the jockey gets. I reckon 5%. Yeah. 5%. So he'd, be, he'd be doing well if he's yeah. three times. Um, now onto the Caulfield Cup. It was a big race and I think the favourite won it, didn't it? Uh, no, not the favourite. Favourite. Um, very elegant was victorious in the Group One Caulfield Cup with Mark Zara on board and Chris Wall winning his first Caulfield Cup. Chris Wall has won all the main spring races except the Melbourne Cup. Yes, it was a huge week of racing. Um, so Chris Wall winning his first ever. Yeah. Cup, that's a good achievement. Every main race except the Melbourne Cup. Um, well, coming up this week, Saturday, is it? I think it's yeah, Saturday. Stakes Day? Uh, no, so Saturday is, for well, Friday night is the Manakana Stakes, and then Saturday is the Cox Plate. Cox Plate, so that'll be huge. Um, no crowds there, just trainers um, at this point in time. Uh, last time the Cox Plate happened, it was a huge event and we were selling sausages outside of the event and weren't doing too bad on money. Uh, ranting, uh, who was it? Winks was there last time, but has now retired. And that Winks was a big reason that we brought in a bit of money. Yeah, unfortunately, we lost it fall over the week. Yeah. Um, it is bad news. Yeah, it is. Oh, that'll be a good week of racing along with the grand final on the Saturday night. What a heck of Saturday it's going to be. It's going to be huge. Um, on to motorsports. Joe, um, you've got a bit on the Aussies, do you? Yeah, so it was a bittersweet weekend for the Aussies. In the MotoGP, Jack Miller looked at a certain podium, but he switched to the second bike for the wet half of the race. And there was an engine failure, which saw the end of his race. Well, on the other hand, it was a very good day for Daniel Ricciardo, calling P6 on Saturday, which Daniel knew that he had to have a flying start. 
And that's what he did while overtaking Charles Leclerc on the 10th lap and cementing his place in the top three. To get a podium and his boss, Cyril beat a tattoo as part of their bet they made at the start of the year. You know what the tattoo is? No, they, they still have, they still want to go to a tattoo parlor. So, if I'm sure, is it, that's the first time his podium since Monaco in 2018. 2018, which he won. Which was really big at the time. There's a documentary on, on Netflix, which isn't bad. You watch that? Yeah, I've watched that. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, we'll keep moving on. We've got the French Open, which happened last week. It was a contest between number one and two and was highly anticipated until Nadal showed his dominance on the clay court. Can't beat Nadal on the clay court. Finishing off Djokovic in straight sets, according to 6-0, 6-2 and 7-5. Yeah, um, um, Federer with 20 titles each. Yeah, gee, well... Nadal. You finish him off in straight sets. You've got to do better if you're world number one. Yeah. Well, Nadal now has won, I think, 12 French Opens. Yeah. Well, he loves the he loves the clay court. Loves it. Corey, you're a big tennis player, aren't you? Not really. But you'll have to watch it every now and then. Yeah. And you, you do lessons, don't you, at the... We used to. Used to, yeah. So did I. Um... On to the Sheffield Shield. Two games finished last Tuesday with Queensland dominating Tasmania, winning by an innings and 59 runs. The Australian star Labashane putting on a performance scoring 167 in the only innings Queensland needed to win. It was a, it was a good start from the Sheffield. I think it's the first or second week of the Sheffield. It's based in New South Wales because of the COVID. Isn't Victoria playing now? I think they are against... And isn't New South Wales? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, another game that finished on Tuesday was South Aussie versus WA. Um, and w, WA had a dominant performance, winning by 205 runs, with John, Josh Inglis scoring 153 runs in the first innings uh, to, help their, to help lead their way to victory. That's just a little bit on the Sheffield Shield. And we'll move back to footy now because that's all that's that's what we love on this podcast. That's what it's all about. And let's talk about the upcoming grand final. It's in Brisbane. It's a night game. It's gonna be a ripper. It's not it's gonna be different conditions. Um, obviously two Victorian teams making it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well it's gonna be wet weather footy, so um, Richmond are the best side in the comp for wet weather, showing the dominance. And I don't know what Geelong is, but I know the Richmond's wet weather. Um, yeah, I reckon it could go either way, but I'm going to tip Richmond by 13 points and Patrick Dangerfield to kick the first goal. Norm Smith is going to be Justin Martin. What do you reckon, Harry? Well... I think it's hard, it's hard to go past the Tigers, the experience. Um, Geelong, they've 
probably been the best team in the finals, apart from the first qualifying final. Smashing, they smashed Pies by uh, somewhat points in the semi-finals, and then smashed Brisbane Lions, which would, which was a great outcome for them, getting to their granny first granny since 2011. Yeah, 2011. Um, yeah, so Gary Ablett playing his last game. She's a, it's going to be big for Geelong. Hopefully they can get it done for him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tipping, I think, Menegola will kick the first goal. And, yeah, the Tigers will win it by a fair margin. I'm, I'm saying around 30 points or so. Oh, oh. I mean, that confident. <laughs> well, I, I don't think the Cats are up to it. I just think a lot a lot of their players haven't played grand finals, I think. Dangerfield uh, hasn't even played a grand final. Dangerfield in his first granny ever, which is a big yeah. talking point as well. He was he looked a bit fo- he looked focused last night. He wasn't really um focused in on the brown though, wasn't um, no. really yeah. interested. I think he was ma- he's mainly focusing and he wants to get that first premiership to his name with some other guns in there, such as Joel Salwood, um, Tom Hawkins. They've both won two premierships, if I'm sure, three, two or three, something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's going to be a huge game this week. Obviously at night, which will get the views up, Victoria aren't able to go out of the state at the moment, so not many Victorians will be up there, but they'll definitely be watching on the TV on Channel 7 with Bruce McAvaney commentating. Basil. Yeah, and Basil. Um, things that happened this week. Can you say us through that, Joe? Well, yeah, Reece Shaw has stepped down as head coach of North Melbourne due to personal reasons. And I think Michael Voss is in the running for head coach. It was interesting. You couldn't, you didn't see that coming. I mean, anything can happen this season, but yeah, definitely I, big. I thought he was going to step down to an assistant role, but he stepped down to he's just left footy. Um, as Dimmer said during the week, you can't find reassures anywhere. He's a special bloke, um, and we wish him well. Uh, during his rest off footy. The other thing that happened this week was Brad Ebert retiring. But the club pretty much telling him to retire, I think it was a good decision Obviously, after his concussions. He's had a great career and he finished it off well with a courageous um, thing to do. Uh, knocked out, but uh, a huge inspiration to the young kids to show for courage. Yeah, he's... A gun of the Port Adelaide Football Club. I think, where did he? Where else did he play? Did he play? Um, West Coast. West. West Coast. Did he? Yeah, it was West Coast. He got drafted there in 2007. That's some footy knowledge there for Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, onto the trade news this week. There's been quite a lot uh, of rumours. Um, well, breaking, news. breaking news today, today Jeremy Cameron would not be at the Giants next year. Um, uh, DeLong are in the hot seat, but the pies uh, are just under him. 
His preferred club is Geelong. And I don't know how they're going to run that with Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron in there. It'll be interesting. And Josh Jenkins. Josh Jenkins. Yeah, they... I would probably think that that last year they were hoping to get Jeremy Cameron. They would have either picked him up or taken Josh Jenkins. So if they took Cameron, I think Josh Jenkins wouldn't be at Geelong. I think he would have been listed us at some other club. Uh, If they can get him, that's a huge up for Geelong and just add to their um, list of guns. They've got a bright future at Geelong. Uh, now into the next part. This was um, earlier in the week. Uh, started off with Carlton saying they're not interested in Dugowie, but North and Essendon are still in the hunt. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? Dugowie, Carlton obviously not interested. Something. They were front runners. Yeah, they had a really good chance, but I think they're going for another a gun. Another gun. A big um, yeah. midfielder. I'm, I'm guessing it's Clayton Oliver after having some issues with Melbourne. What do you What are you thinking of Dugowie? Would you want him at Richmond, Corey? Um, uh, for me, I don't think we have the salary cap space. Yeah, well, yeah, you. I guess you have to keep your team the same. It's a I can't believe you signed Jack Graham. Yeah, that that was very surprising. I thought he was going to go cold. That probably filled up your your cap space. Yeah. For the brim. Um, to go, he, so he's asking for big money. He hasn't really shown too much in since his breakout season in 2018. He got, I think, eighth in the best and fairest in 2018 and hasn't got a top 10 since. Uh, he wants a lot of money. I think he wants over 800k a year, which a lot of clubs won't be willing to do because of his inconsistency, his injuries. Yeah. Injuries, his hand. His hand, he's got that fixed. And then obviously his charges in the courts, which could come into play. And then another pie, thinking about being on the move. Adam Trelaw, his wife has recently signed with the, what's it called? Queensland Firebirds. Yeah. The Netball League in Brisbane. Yeah. So Mark Robinson on AFL 360 told us how he's a family man and would never leave his wife and kids to play football. The next night on AFL 360, Adam said that he would be at Collingwood next year. Um, But in recent days, it it has been said that he's frustrated at the club after some issues about rumours of them wanting to trade him, um, letting him go if he's if he doesn't want to be there and if, if he wants to be with his kids. I think he's a bit frustrated with that. Yeah. So he's coming more and more likely of a chance to going to one of those clubs. I'm guessing it would probably be Gold Coast because they're probably in the front runner for this. But you never know, Brisbane... Luring a couple of players. I've got Joe Danaher coming, uh, almost certainly coming. Yeah. You never well, know. They could pull Adam Trelaw up there, which would be huge. And they would be a really dominant side, probably the best in the league. Yeah. And 
they would become a dynasty again after the two thousand, the early two thousands. I think they won three in a row, which is great. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting in the coming weeks if Adam Trelaw requests a trade or the Pies want to trade him. But that'll be an interesting story coming up um, as trade period starts the Friday after grand final. So oh, we'll be taking care of all that. Another hit to Essendon side this week with Orazio Fantasia is a big chance of moving back home to South Australia. It is a race at this point between both the Crows and Port. But later this this week, Orazio has said he would like to join the Crows and is certain, almost certain to sign with them in the offseason. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, I think he'll definitely go to the Crows. Um, I reckon he's an, he's an overrated player, Orazio. Yeah. Um, Ryan Taylor will hype him up. He'll be... <laughs> Yeah, he'll be signing a huge deal. Like, I think I think it's a similar trade um, for Hugh Greenwood. I think it was an all right player that signed a big deal with a, an average club. I think he'll be, he'll need to step up next year and lead the Crows. Yeah. If he's going to be on somewhat, quite a lot of money. And... We'll quickly talk on Brad Crouch. Uh, definitely, definitely not staying at Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, Richmond are in the chase. Corey, would you like Brad Crouch at Richmond next year? Uh, no, because he will be missing the first two games. <laughs> is that – is that – so you don't want a gun player in just because he's missed the first two games? And we have no space. We've got well, no space. I'm sure you would uh, make some space for Brad Crouch if if he requested, if he wanted to go to you. I'd be happy to have him on our side, but we don't have too good of trade assets because I want players. Yeah, well, I think if you were going to trade him, you'd, you'd have to look at, um, I guess, Chol. With yeah. um, what's his name coming in? Soldo will be back next year. Well, he's and then two hundred centimeter Ruckman yeah. is coming in next year as well. Who's who's actually Noah Bolter's cousin? <laughs> and that's that's, that's good because Soldo's out for the entire year next year and, as well. Yeah, he's out for the first half of the season. Yeah. So that's good to get him in, but if he's not ready, we'll put Calvin Coleman Jones. Yeah, and I'll be thinking Jack Higgins as well. Probably trade him there. I don't think I don't think they'll ask for much Adelaide. They're not gonna ask for some elite player for Brad Crouch because they're not looking to get a premiership in the next couple of years. So they yeah, ask for some young players. I think yeah, Jack Higgins was in the talk of being traded to St Kilda. Some other clubs were linked to him. I hope not. He's my favourite player. Yeah. Uh, also, someone who's requested a trade, the D's third Ruckman. Can you take us through that, Joe? Yeah, well, Braden Proust. Um, 
have requested a trade to the Giants after not being able to get him to the team with Max Gorn and Luke Jackson being the main Ruckmans this year. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, GWS need a Ruckman with Sam Jacobs retiring. Mummy said he's, says he's retired a couple of times, but has come back into the team and played a bit. He's been on the coaching role. Um, they are in desperate need of a, a Ruckman that can play more than two games in a row. I think they picked up Sam Jacobs um, and were willing, well, trying to get into a granny and winning it with it with a couple of years left in him, but he's retired this year. So they're looking for another one. And I think Braden Cruz will be a good match for them. Yeah. I think they need a backup Ruckman as well. Um, not sure who they'll go to there, but yeah. Um, so Luke Jackson's and Max Gorn. Luke Jackson's an upcoming gun. Third draft pick. Didn't he uh, do his ACL? He did do an ACL. Yeah. But it was during the year, so I'm almost certain he'll be back for round one. Probably. Yeah. And then the big story for this week I'm is the no negotiations between the Bombers and Carlton for Adam Saad. So the Bombers, Dodoro, who's lost his mind completely, has asked for one of Charlie Kerno, Harry Mackay, and Sam Walsh, yeah. which is so ridiculous. Um, I would probably just think, don't, don't accept any of that. Let him walk through the draft and we'll pick him up for nothing. Isn't he contracted? Um, yeah, but there's some there's some talk about that. I don't. I'm not really sh- sure what happens there, but that a lot of people have been saying he can walk through the draft and we can pick him up for free. The Blues said no to that straight away, and the next demand for the Bombers was the first uh, pick eight, pick eight, I believe, and Tom DeConning, which is another ridiculous. Trade and I don't think he's even worth pick seven. What are your thoughts on uh, those trades? Yeah, for me, Saad's probably the back end of round one to the start of round two. Yeah, um, I think as a veteran, you you couldn't see him playing another seven or eight years. I think four or five would be the maximum of good years for him. It'll be if he arrives at Carlton, he'll be playing for his third club, starting at the Suns, um, going to the Essendon for success, but that didn't work out. So he's trying another club. Well, my question to you is well, Essendon hates Carlton. So why would Carlton give any of their young guns for a player who has at least four years of good footy left in him? Yeah, I don't know. It's Dora, he hates us, he makes it difficult for us. All the time during trade period, especially during trade period. Yeah. There hasn't been many trades between the two clubs in the past years, except for Andrew Phillips last year, our Ruckman, we traded it uh, to them. And he hasn't really been performing well. So, yeah. Uh, Corey, would you like Adam Side on the Tigers team? Yeah, 
Could have. Either Sard or Basher. I'd take both. <laughs> no, one of the one of the two. Sard, because Basher will probably retire in the next two years. Sard, like, yeah. well, if Richmond win the premiership this year, Basher will retire. Really? Do you reckon? Yeah. It's a good number to go out on three premierships. It's not bad. Yeah. Bad result for a career. And that's good for our salary cap. Yeah, three or five heaps. So Basher won the Jim Stein's medal last night for his community work. Jim Stein's son, he was around the Jordans. He was rocking the Jordans. I saw that. Oh, funny. I don't know what. I think they were, yeah, I'm not sure what Jordans they were, but they were nice and clean. Clean white and blue. And yeah, so that'll be huge coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll obviously do a trade period podcast. Um, at the start and fin- and end of the trade period, I think it goes for two weeks or so. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. It's coming to the pointy end of the show. We've talked quite a lot tonight, today, tonight, whatever. Um, obviously having Corey on, great first special guest, great appearance. Um, thanks for reviewing the NBA finals. Um, next week we'll be talk. We'll be talking about the granny. I think it'll be a grand final special. Will it, Joel? Um, yeah, we might touch on a few other sports. But yeah, we'll touch on the horse racing, but mainly on the granny. Yeah, or maybe the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be a huge week of footy this week upcoming. Um, yeah, and cannot wait for the grand final. Um, that's about it. From my side, anything you need to touch on, Joel or Corey? I'm all good. All good? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone, uh, to the second episode of Unclassified Footy. We'll be back next week on, on our normal time, Sunday. And we'll see you then. See ya. Yeah.